You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. First off, I want to thank some people who have left some very kind reviews. And as you know, I always appreciate the kind reviews and usually laugh at the bad ones because they usually don't make sense. So thank you for anyone who has left a review on the podcast. Usually where people leave reviews is in iTunes because that's the only place where you can really leave a review, sometimes Stitcher. But I don't know how many people are using Stitcher versus Apple and Spotify. Spotify, you, you can't leave a review, which is a little shocking. I'm not sure why. But uh, thank you, Halal1996. Five stars says, I've been listening to your podcast since 2016. Great podcast. Keep up the great work. SoFlow, five stars, a lot of information, enjoyable way to deliver, lots of amazing guests, lots to discover, amazing work, your fan. Awesome. From Morocco. Oh, your fan from Morocco. Cool. God, I love how the internet works. You can just talk into a microphone in Chicago and it goes all the way, thousands and thousands of miles away across the seas. Amazing. Okay, so what is today's episode all about? I have a magician, also calls himself a mentalist, also calls himself a mystic. His name is Joe Diamond, and we are talking about magic. We're talking about mentalism. We're talking about talking to girls. So how does magic play a role? Can you do magic tricks? Does that actually work? Can you do mentalist tricks? Does that work? What is mentalism? What is all this? Does this help break the ice with women? Is it weird? Guys were doing this stuff uh, over 20 years ago in the heyday of pickup artistry using different kinds of magic tricks and, and mentalist tricks and palm reading to be able to build rapport with a woman and build attraction with the woman. Does that still work today? We're going to find out. That's what this interview is all about. And you might be learning some cool stuff that you could do when you are with a crowd or maybe even meeting a girl. Some cool tricks. It's very interesting. I am a big magic fan myself. It's not something I've ever used to meet women. I'm not that good at it. It's not like a big hobby of mine. But when I was a kid, I used to love it. And even once in a while, I'll, I'll do a magic trick, a card trick for friends and, and whoever. So I think it's interesting. I think you're going to think it's interesting. And you're going to pick up some cool stuff to use when you're out and about talking to women. And what do you know? Things are getting a little bit better out there. Of course, with the whole world we're living in, in terms of the virus, we are getting vaccinated, aren't we? And people are out and about. Some are wearing masks, some aren't. So it looks like things are getting better. And that means more opportunities to meet more women. So that's pretty awesome. If you need help, if you want to get help with talking to girls because you're finding that summer is here and now that there's more opportunity, it's kind of making you anxious because part of you wants to do it, but then the other half of you doesn't want to do it, then I highly encourage you to fill out an application if you're interested in doing coaching with me. If you go to coachedbytrip.com, you will find a link on that page that takes you to an application. Of course, that page explains what coaching is all about, even shows some testimonials from guys who have done the program and were really excited to share their results. And yes, they are all 100% real. Of course, they're not actors. This is the real deal. Coaching is a real deal. And I want to help you become the real deal. Wow, that was pretty good. I just made that up on the spot, but it is true. I will help you become the real deal and be able to meet and attract women. Any guy can do it. They really can. You just got to put in the best effort and do the right things. And when you do, you will see more results. 
It's hard to listen to a podcast and put it into place. I understand that. So that's why coaching is available to you. Go to coachedbytrip.com to get help and apply today. I'd love to talk to you. So why don't we go into our interview now with Joe Diamond, who's going to teach us a couple tricks. You're going to dig it. Here it is. Hey, Joe, how's it going, man? Hey, thanks for having me, Trip. I'm excited to dive into it today. I just want to say, when I was a child, one of my favorite things to do was go to the magic shop and get magic tricks. I was so into magic, probably which, from the which ages shop of did like, you go to? Oh, God, I don't even. It was some in the suburbs of Chicago. I don't even remember what it was called. It, I, if it was in Arlington Heights, it probably would have been PJ's Trick Shop. That was it. Yeah, I, I, that, that was, was it. That was one of my jobs when I was uh, when I was a teenager. I worked there. <laughs> Wait, where are you from originally? Uh, I'm from uh, so I'm from Woodstock, Illinois, where they filmed Groundhog Day. That's where I was born and lived there for a number of years. But now I live just over the border in Wisconsin. And uh, got it. Kenosha okay. Oh man, yeah. you just you just got me so nostalgic. I didn't remember, <laughs> but yes, PJ's Trick Shop. I knew. Yeah. When you said Arlington Heights, I knew you. Wow, amazing. Yeah, my favorite thing to do is go there. And then they would do the tricks for you and you'd just be like, I got to know how they did that. So that you just buy the trick. And then it was awesome. Wow, that's amazing. Fantasy Festival in Crystal Lake? Yes, I went there as well. I actually perform. It's no longer there anymore, but there's a place like literally a couple blocks from there. I drive by where that shop used to be all the time. It's called the Dole Mansion. And that's where I do like haunted mind reading, spooky magic shows for 13 people at a time. Uh, on the second floor of a historic uh, haunted mansion. Those were like my two big shops growing up as well. And yeah, like, you know, seeing, again, just being able to see a wide variety of stuff and like having people point me in the direction of of books. I, I always love books for a variety of reasons because I bought the one trick, then I had just that one trick when for the same price, I could have bought a book that had a hundred tricks. And sure, maybe like 20 of them weren't that good, <laughs> but that still meant I had 80 pretty awesome ones. So I tended to lean more towards those as the years went on. And and yeah, that's part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you today, because there were times where guys would come in and even even sometimes women talking about, you know, wanting to use magic to break the ice, to meet people and everything. And there's definitely some misconceptions about it. There's some there's some strategies and everything. Well, yeah, and there's a lot uh, now, like everyone makes fun of the, you know, mystery method, you know, mystery Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. Of course. He's famous for doing magic to break the ice. So that was cool for a while. And now people make fun of that. So do you have some stuff that is going to be more interesting, less lame kind of ways to break the ice? Is it tricks or do you have things to say? Or what what do you you have for us today? So let me let me just talk about how I break the ice in a what, what I would consider a professional situation. And just real quick, let me describe how this would go. There's also a mansion in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, where I've done set shows there. But I've also, because I've got like a ballroom and a speakeasy and a patio, I've also just wandered the mansion. And like part of the job is to go up to people cold, convince them, you know, I'm kind of a fun guy to hang around with. And hey, do you want to see a piece of magic or try some mind reading? Right? And part of that job is to get as many people as possible to say yes. Not everyone, of course, but vast majority. And a a big misconception, I think, with, you know, people who use magic tricks to break the ice. I just think of a Job from Arrested Development where he, like, 
goes up to the girl <laughs> and like, you know, shoots off the fireball, not, says nothing, not what's your name, not hi, who I am, just poof. Hey, how's it going? Huh? Huh? And I think that's the big misconception about it. The, the key to using, you know, a magic trick or a mentalism principle or any of that stuff, it's not to trick someone into having a conversation with you or liking you or anything else. It's about putting your best foot forward. It's about using this to show your personality, to make a connection with people and so on. So one of the best opening lines that I've, I've come across, this one I believe is from a magician named John Allen in the UK. And I, I use a combination of a whole bunch of stuff, but one that I think applies whether you're doing magic or whatever. I love this. It's just going up to like a group of people and saying, hey, uh, is this the fun group? And I, ah, I okay. love that okay. for okay. a variety of reasons because it automatically puts the pressure on them. I don't have to feel like I have to be the cool person to put myself into the group. It, they're, they're immediately like, oh, yeah, we are. Heck yeah, of course we're the fun group. Yeah, exactly. And then usually, you know, again, if I'm paid to be there, I usually say, good. The boss told me to only talk to the fun groups tonight. So within two seconds, I've communicated that I'm supposed to be there. And I've put it on them and I didn't like, you know, do something cheesy. I've now been a human being. Another thing I'll usually say is just, you know, while again, talking with people, they might ask, what is I do there? Or why is the boss asking me to go around to people? One of the lines I'll sometimes say is, well, I'm actually part of the entertainment. You're the other part. Again, I'm putting it back on them. It's not about, hey, check out how cool I am. I'm automatically making it about them. The final thing I do is I say, you're the other part because you get to decide what we do. We can do a, a cool card trick or we can try some mind reading. Notice neither of the options I gave them was, nah, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> there are some people who go, you know what? We're just talking tonight. You know, that's everything. And I say, hey, that's absolutely cool. If you do want to see something later, just wave me over. And then I go to a group near them and, you know, hopefully I do some stuff for them. They see that group is having fun and that's cool. And they wave me back over. But again, so, for the I want to say this. Here's where here's where I would I would take this and implement this for guys who are going over not trying to do magic and approach women. Mm-hmm. Is I like that line. I like the but here's where I would change is like I like the idea of going up to one woman in a group. So when when a guy sees a group of women, instead of approaching the whole group, I tell them go up to one of the women because that's the whole idea anyways. You don't want to be getting numbers or sleeping with all those women. Maybe Uh you do, but you know, realistically, you're going to be doing it with one. So you go up to one of those women and then I say, you just bring in the group kind of as need be. But I like that line. So I think guys can say that. So what I mean is they can go up to the one woman and say, hey, two seconds, I want to to come meet you and start talking to her. And then, of course, the group might start to look and then you can look over to them and say, is this the fun group? And that can break the ice of of, of getting in there. So I I, I did that. She's obviously the cool one. I'm checking with her to make sure you're all the cool people. And And again, like you want to be you want to be fun about it. I don't want to make it seem like, you know. Oh, or, you know, I don't want it to be a neg, you know, I don't want it to be like, exactly, you know, oh, right. are you cool enough for me or something? It's like, hey, are you cool? Because I want to come be cool with you. Like, that's that's more the the feeling for it that, that I feel. The other aspect of it, too, that I so so quick story. When I was 21, 22, my friend uh, Bill Cook and I used to go to a strip club on the regular. I know two single guys in their early 20s who do magic went to a strip club regularly. I know it's shocking. Bill, who, who's phenomenal. He's been on, uh, he worked at PJ's as well. 
He's been on Penn and Teller Fool Us, Masters of Illusion, all this stuff. And he does an amazing trick where he has a bunch of $1 bills and with no cover, seemingly no sleight of hand, he just snaps his fingers and they visually change to $100 bills. And they're real and people can examine them and everything. And we went and he, of course, was doing this for you know several of the dancers and waitresses. But he kept getting frustrated because whenever they'd say, oh, you're a magician, do something, they'd do it. And then they would look at me and go, are you a magician? And I would just say... Kind of. I'm a palm reader. And like waitresses would full on set down their trays and hold out their hand for me to look at it. (laughs) And the big part of that was that, you know, the once a hundred, as cool and amazing that magic trick is, it's about him sitting down and looking at someone's hand and reading their palm is about the other person. I've heard you talk about it on this podcast. It's almost a cliche, but, you know, it's the old Dale Carnegie thing. You know, people, the most interesting person or interesting thing they want to talk about is themselves. And when you're doing a palm reading or a personality reading, you're literally talking about them. It's literally all about them. And I think a good magic trick can do the same thing. Uh, A friend of mine, Karen Henning, she's an illustrator and sword swallower and fortune teller. She's awesome. Uh, She also illustrates drawings for like scientific magazines of like dinosaur bones and stuff. And she said, her brother's a magician. She's done some magic as well. And she said her definition of magic is it allows people to become the hero of their own story. And I think that's the key of not just my art form, but the key to using it as an icebreaker, to using it to put your best foot forward, to make a genuine connection, not to, you know, magic trick someone into liking you, but to, you know, make a genuine connection and make it about them. Real quick too, it's never been easier to learn palm readings. You only, there's only four lines you really need to know. And if you admit that, literally when I was 14, the way I got into palm reading, there was a girl I had a crush on at a party and she mentioned she wanted to get her palm read. Being 14, I lied and said, oh, I know how to do that, thinking she'd be like, oh, well, can we meet up sometime? And no, she just held her hand out right then and there. So I just made stuff up. (laughs) But when I looked up, she had a line of three of her friends behind her. And I was like, "Okay, well, card tricks didn't do that. And so the next day I went to the library and got an actual book on palm reading. And again, there's YouTube videos, there's articles online. You just need to learn the four lines, a couple key principles. And that's literally all you need to, to, again, literally break the ice. And that's another great way of breaking the ice too. And actually when learning it is actually better than being an expert because you can literally say during the conversation, hey, I don't know if you believe in this stuff, but I've been learning about this palmistry and palm rating stuff to see if there's anything in it. Could I read your palm for like one minute and you can let me know how accurate it is? Because I genuinely don't know. And again, I can't imagine anyone, male, female, non-binary, who would say no to that. And again, you don't need to know, you know, all the intricacies, all the extra lines and such. Learning just, you know, four basic lines is, is key. And then you throw in like maybe one piece of magic, one piece of mentalism or something along those lines too. Again, specifically ones that, you know, are, are focused on the person. And there's, there's an effect where... Um, you've you've probably seen it where you can make anyone's named card be the only card turned over in a deck. You can sell that as, hey, I've looked into the future. I'm going to control your mind to say the card I want. Or you can sell it as, hey, do you have intuition? Would you? Let's see how psychic you are. Let's see if you can read my mind and see if you can guess the card I turned over in this deck. Again, that's putting it all on the other person rather than check me out. I'm so cool. I'm so clever. Here's what I would say here. I just have a bad taste in my mouth from a personal experience with palm reading and all that. I remember- Oh, oh I want to hear this. Oh, I yeah, really yeah. want to hear so this. So I would, well, it's nothing that I did personally, but it was my personal experience. 
So what happened was I would go to the Saddle Ranch in Los Angeles, which is one of the most popular, was one of the most popular places to do pickup and all that. This was back in maybe 2000 and I want to say nine. Well, many years actually, actually after the heyday of, of the pickup artist, Neil Strauss. And, but I remember going there and I saw this one guy and he literally was just walking around reading women's palms. And it's like he wasn't, you could tell, like he wasn't, actually building any attraction with them. He was just yeah. walking around building palms. Now, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe he was doing this because he was just practicing it or something he was going to use later. And I do know that this does work because people have done it before. Sure. It's just, I but- think that there is there is still a stigma around it. But here's what I would say is if you can understand how to do palm reading and do it to a decent degree like you're teaching here, I would say the best time to do that would not be anywhere in the first 15 to 20 minutes of conversation. It would be something that you do way after you've built the core so it doesn't seem like it's a pickup, like a pickup trick. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I agree there. Because, well, the other thing too, like, well, like I talked about before and, and like you just mentioned with that guy, you do one, I, I often call palm readings the uh, the balloon animals of mentalism. Because if you're a magician, everyone asks, oh, do you do balloon animals? And if you do one, everyone wants one. Whether they're kids, like I, I've been at again events where there's you know the balloon artists make like jetpacks and like really cool badass stuff and like yeah everyone wants one and the same things with palm readings like once they find out you do them I've been actually held over I've been hired to just do like magic and mind reading at a gig but when I started reading palms they actually asked me to stick around and paid me to stick around to get some more people because it was such a hit so so yes that is the one downside is that you make not have the chance to connect with that one person as much. But again, now you're just stuck doing it for, you know, everyone or like my first experience uh, when I was 14, where I had the three friends and, and guess what? Like, that's the other thing. I didn't get a date with that girl, you know, cause I had to read the other lines with the friends and everything. And it's like, okay, well let's, that obviously worked. I know what to do next. Maybe I should learn, you know, learn how to do it for real. But yeah, of, of, of course, and to be fair, I've seen that with magic tricks too. I've seen guys like go up to five women in a row and be like, hey, you know, I, I had a dream. I'd meet a beautiful brunette with blue eyes and in the dream, <laughs> she named a card. It's like, no. One of the best things I've ever seen was a guy was doing that whole shtick. It's like, I had a dream about you. And the girl just said, no, you didn't and walked away. <laughs> So, so yeah, again, these aren't, these aren't magic bullets, but for the people again, and the other thing too, let me be very clear about this, myself included, magic does attract a certain number of people who are socially awkward, who don't know how to carry the conversations and everything. Like people who who perform it is what you're saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Full on professionals. Hopefully a lot of us grow out of it, but I do know a lot of people who don't at at the same time, like to, to the point where it can be a cliche, like any weapon, it can be used as a tool or it can be used to do harm. So like, of course, of course, of course. But yeah, I I love what you're saying, how like, you know, lead to it down the line. Or maybe the other thing I would maybe even suggest is if you do an icebreaker or you do a piece of, you know, mentalism or something we can talk about in a moment, and you can maybe mention that you do palm readings and say, uh, the light's not really good in here, or I've had too much to drink. Maybe later, ask me again a little bit. So now when they ask again, now you know they really want to, and you've built After up- After you've built the rapport. 
Yeah, after you've built up a rapport, you say, actually, let's, you know, hey, before I do that, you know, let me actually get to know you first. You know, where are you from? Everything else, but you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because I just think it was, it was used to be used to build rapport. And now I think it's better to do it after you've built the rapport. So it's yes. less yeah. cheesy or less like, is he trying to do one of those things? Yeah. Now that you have the groundwork, now that you have the, the literal, literal um, foundation set, this can be used to, you know, build the walls and everything and, and build, build a structure. Because, I mean, again, the other thing too, the other reason why, yes, I would say it's not the best. Uh, my friend Brian Brushwood, who hosts Scam Nation, formerly known as Scam School on YouTube, he talks about openers, tweeners, and closers. And I would definitely put palm reading in like the betweeners or closers range. I wouldn't use it as, as an opener. Uh, absolutely. So, okay, now that we understand this, let's get into the fun stuff. Teach us okay. some easy palm reading and also some mentalist tricks that you know. So uh, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll go over two lines for palmistry, mostly just because these are the most known ones. And also uh, they're obviously, you know, going to be the most romantic one. The heart line, if you look at your palm, you always read the dominant hand. The heart line is the line closest to your fingers, kind of like where like the base of your, your knuckles are. That's the line that, you know, starts over by the pinky edge of the hand, comes all the way up and usually lands somewhere between the middle and index finger. And that line shows the quality and depth of love. So the deeper that line is, the deeper they love. Super easy, literally nothing to nothing to remember. The longer it is, the more they love. Sometimes when it forks off, you can talk about how, oh, they're really good at two different kinds of love and possibly have two different love languages. Because uh, some people it's gifts, for some people it's touch, for some people it's both. So you can talk about that. So what, are, what would you say your two love languages are if, if it's forked off, that kind of thing. And then of course, the lifeline. And everyone thinks the lifeline is about how long you're going to live. It's not. It's about the the quality of life, not the quantity. And that goes around the base of the thumb, usually starts uh, from down by the wrist, comes up through the middle of the hand and like curves around the base of the thumb. If there's a line parallel to it, that's a sister line. Some people believe that's like a guardian angel line or something like that. But again, the longer the line is for the lifeline the better the quality of life, the deeper. If it zigzags a bit in the middle, you say, oh, look, around age like 20, things got a lot, like a lot back and forth. You weren't quite sure where your direction was. I heard a, a reader years ago say he imagined he would go down into their lifeline and travel along it as if it were like a maze and like, okay, well, when I come to this fork here, like that probably means they were at a decision. They could have gone in two different ways. And this is probably around age 20. Here's the thing too. It doesn't matter how right or wrong you are even. Again, if you're just saying like, hey, I'm starting this, I'm trying it, let me know. And then at the end, just flat out say, how accurate do you think I was on a scale of one to a hundred? And they'll say, you know, 20% or normally, even with just those two, that little bit of knowledge, most, most people I think will say like, oh yeah, that's true. And again, you can learn, you know, the directions where if the line goes one way, it means one thing. If it goes another way, it means another thing. Again, you can go into all that depth and you can be honest. You can be like, hey, I heard a guy on a podcast talking about palmistry. Can, can I look at your hand and see if it's true? You're also holding their hand, be, you know. We're we're at the tail end of the uh, of the pandemic. We're we're in uh, May of 2020 now or 2021. Apologize. Uh, so you know, hold their hand in a gentle way, in a non creepy way. Everything else, you know, or just you know, let them let them show it to you. 
again, you got to read that situation yourself or maybe ask, is it okay if I take your hand and like adjust it to the light, all that stuff. That's almost more important than getting the lines right, I would say. Uh, As far as uh, some easy mentalism things to to start with, these are known as, um, in the industry, we would call psychological forces. Normally in, in magic, a force means you, you force a card on someone, you force uh, a color or whatever. No matter what they say, you're going to end up with it. Uh, in a magic shop, they would have a stick with six gems in it. And you were always going to force red, which was in the third position from the right and the fourth position from the left. So you could always count to three and four from there. But if they said one, you'd spell O-N-E or T-W-O or F-I-V-E or S-I-X. So you could always spell to that same color. And it would always be red no matter what. Psychological forces aren't really as exact, but they're fun. And they're especially fun when you're going up to a group. And I I use these a lot. Like literally, I use these as the icebreaker for my stage shows. So that's when I'm in front of 100 or even 2,000 people. Like that's how much I do rely on these. So don't let that, don't let that scare you. So I'll just do a couple real quick. And you can let me know if any of these work with you. The way I phrase it always is, any of you believe in mind reading? Do you want to try some mind reading? Okay, great. Let's see how many of you can read my mind. I am going to think of a number and we'll see if any of you can guess it. Uh, Don't worry. uh, I'll just be a two-digit number. I'll keep it easy. I'll keep it lower than 50. Don't think of one yet or don't try and guess yet. Let me get one. Got it. Now, before you try and guess what it is, I'm going to give all of you two very small hints about the number. First, both digits are different. So like, for example, 22 wouldn't work because two and two, they're both the same digit. They're two uh, uh, different digits. The other hint you get is that both digits are odd. Both digits are odd numbers and they're both different. I'm sending it to everyone now. I was thinking of the number 37 and I would ask in the group, did anyone get that? Did you get close? I almost went with 35. Did anyone go with that? Okay, <laughs> I went great. with 35. You went with 35? Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's. So let's do this again. Uh, we'll do another number. I'll do one over 50 this time. Got it. Now, this time, again, both digits are still different, but this time both digits are even. And I think maybe someone might get the, the digits reversed, but that's okay. I'm going to send it to you now. I was thinking of 68. Holy cow. Yeah. (laughs) And that should have worked with a vast majority of the listeners as well. I guess there's only so many you could pick, right? There are only so many you can pick. So here's here's the thing. The, The thing with psychological forces, it's not a mystical set of words that when I say it, everyone always says the same thing every time. Basically, it's uh, there's a phrase where it's uh, restricting while not seeming restricting, while seemingly making it, you know, wide, you know, a wider selection. Again, I you're going. So first of all, we're swapping it. Now, if I told you to think of a number, but make both digits different and both of them odd, you might think, well, he might know the way I think and everything else. And you might try to, like, trip me up. But the great thing about this is I, again, reverse it. I don't make it about me reading their mind. I see who here can read my mind. I'll try to send you the thought. We'll see who here can pick up on it. So now they want to go for it. Another line I sometimes use is don't think about it too much. Go with whatever comes into your head naturally. And yes, 37 and 37 is almost always the case for under 50. 
Because I guess when you're like, there's only, how many, I mean, how many options are there under $15? There's really not that many. So I say 22, and sometimes I'll even throw in 11. So that way one is in people's heads, so they'll stay away from the teens. So now I'm really only working with 31, 35, 37, and 39. So... And usually people, if they're not spot on, they're close. And again, notice I did give myself two chances. I said, I almost went with 35, but I ended up with 37. And if someone said, oh, I went 35, I go, oh, I should have stuck with the original then. Okay, well, let's do it again. And again, I give myself another chance with the second one, which is even more limited, 50 to 100, because you're only dealing with the 60s and 80s. And also notice we're not dealing with zeros either. So that limits it down as well. And the other thing is I say, uh, I usually send it to people and go, oh, I think one of you maybe got the digits reversed. That's kind of cool because I was thinking of 68. So now when someone goes, yeah, I was thinking of 86, it seems like, whoa, how did he know that? Just based uh, based off of that. Another one, um, which is almost cliche, but it's cliche because it works, is if you ask a woman to name her favorite playing card, most women will say queen of hearts. Yeah, I was just If you ask a guy to name a card, they'll usually say ace of spades or if they're trying to mess with you, a joker. So if you keep a, one of those cards in your wallet, if you can just say, hey, um, just out of curiosity, if you had to pick a favorite playing card, what would you pick? If the woman says queen of hearts, you know, you've got a minor miracle on your hands. That's in your wallet and you just don't show them the other two cards. If they say any other card, you can say, oh, that's interesting. The, you know, diamonds represent, uh, you know, structure in someone's life, you know, or, or something along those lines. Or if you have a deck of cards and you're going to do a, a card trick that you, you know, learned online or from a book. Um, you can just go into that. They didn't even know you were going for, you know, for, for that card initially. Uh, but again, it, it works more often than not to the point where when I do my shows, when I do have someone think of a card, I'll usually say, you know, don't think of the Queen of Hearts or the Ace of Spades. Nothing, nothing too obvious. And it's amazing how many people will go, yeah, I was thinking of that. <laughs> that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> so that's another main, uh, main aspect of that as well. Another thing that you can do I was going to interrupt real quick. uh, One thing I learned about magic, not to ruin it for people, but one thing I've learned is that the way to be a good magician or the the reason why people are, are such good magicians, like one of the things behind it is there's always a different path to go down. Kind of like you said, like, oh, well, they don't pick yes. the Queen of Hearts. There's other options. So you got to be quick on your feet as a magician to know all the different roads that you can go down. Sure. So it kind of forces some sort of outcome that will look magical, yes, so to speak. Absolutely. And and a, a big part of that is leads into something that I, I've thought a lot about. And just, just a quick little segue here back into just general, you know, social philosophy I think for me, the synonym for confidence is options. If I asked you to walk a straight line across a room, you could do that with no problem. If I asked you to walk a straight line across a three-foot plank, three-foot wide plank, over a cliff, three feet is pretty high. But If you have railings, you're fine. But take away those railings, maybe not so much. Now you do it on a one-foot and and now a a tightrope. So notice the less options you have the less and less confident you are of being able to walk a straight line for 100 feet. So I I have a very deep repertoire of stuff. There are things where things will just go wrong. They are not savable. And in my situation, and the thing I like about mind reading is I just flat out go, well, that didn't work. Let's try something else. Now that I know how you think, let's see if this, let's see how this goes. Like, and I've done it in front of, I did a big corporate event. I won't say the name of the company, but it's a company that you've heard of, everyone's heard of. I'm on stage with the CEO. I'm having him thinking of a time. 
and I write down on this giant pad, a big number, 257. I hold it over his head so the audience can see it, but he can't. And I say, for the first time, say out loud the time you're thinking of. And he goes, 831. And I just looked at the pad and yelled, close, and chucked it and thanked him. And he went back to his seat. Now that said, the next thing I did, people were going nuts over because they were like, oh, yes, he got it. It was, you know, they were, you know, just like a, a juggling act or football game, like, oh, he got it this time. And the really funny part is the CEO said to me after the show, he's like, you know, I, I thought these were all tricks. But then when you got that wrong, I didn't know what to believe. <laughs> so for some people with mentalism, the fact that you get it wrong, like with magic, you know, it, Usually they see it. They see the the thread holding up the floating thing or the trap door. With mentalism, you're just wrong. They don't really like, you're not busted. You're just wrong. So it's a lot easier to just go, yep, I was wrong. Let's try something else. And, but and then when on. you're right, it's like kaboom. Yes. Like, wow, yes. and, that and, was amazing. And also people do tend to remember the times you were right and forget the times you were wrong too. That's another secret with palm reading. If you are wrong on something, they're just going to remember the stuff you were right on most of the right. time. Too. Right. So cool. I want to move into, uh, unless you had any, anything else to say there, I wanted uh, to no, talk no, a little I'm, bit I'm, about body great. language, a little bit off the topic, but it is what you also do or you read or w- what is yeah, it that I mean, you I do with body language? It's, it's not an exact science. It doesn't mean like if someone's sitting there with their arms folded, it doesn't mean they're closed off and insecure and everything. They might just be cold, you know? So it is... You have to take in the context, the person, a bunch of stuff. There is a lot that is helpful with it. For example, this is this is another trick example I was going to mention before. If you have someone hide a coin in one of their hands and hold their fists in front of them, just look at where their nose is slightly pointing. And more often than not, that nose is pointing to where the object is unconsciously. Now, of course, don't tell people you're looking at their nose because then they can double bluff you and everything else. Try that out and you will see that your odds are way more than 50-50. There are magic trick ways to know what's in someone's hand, but sometimes I know people who have had stuff like that not work, and so they've had to rely on just reading the person's body language and just knowing what they're going to go for. The other thing, too, is even when it's not a trick, like I know what they're going to go for. Like, for example, sometimes at the end of my set, I'll say, okay, we only have time for one more thing. We can... uh, uh, we can try to contact the ghost of Harry Houdini or we can, or something else. And I know what, you know, when the group is going to say, oh, let's do the seance thing or, oh, let's try the hypnosis thing or whatever. Like you can just kind of tell with the group and also just from working with the group, you can tell like, oh, they're more likely to like something, you know, a bit more funnier and sillier rather than a more serious, extreme, astonishing stunt. So, and a lot of that just comes from experience. Uh, The big thing, too, is that there is one other thing as far as like gender roles and everything else. Women are almost always better at it than men. (laughs) Like they like usually at least at least in my experience, like the signals are usually pretty clear. Like I will almost always go with body language slightly more over than what someone's saying, male or female, because if someone's clearly uncomfortable and you say, are you okay?" And they go, yeah, I guess. You don't just go away going, well, they said, yeah, I guess. So that's fine. You go like, mm, they might still be uncomfortable. They're just sure, not right. able to verbalize it yet. Like, you, you know, not to say like we're all intuitive and we all know exactly what's happening at every given moment, but you got to take in all the information and realize there isn't, I know I've used this phrase a bunch. There isn't like that magic bullet. There isn't that thing where it's like, oh, when she does this, it always means this. When she does this, it always means that. 
you have to take in where you're It gives you're you a good guess, you know, though. You can, oh, yeah, yeah. You can definitely use it to your advantage. I, I see those more as – it's a weird analogy, but I see those as like the if, – if a pilot is landing, you know, those lights on the side and like the person like with the, the light-up cones are like waving them down. It's that, but it's not the landing strip, you know? That's pointing to where it is, you know? But like that, that's not it's, – it's the same thing of like, you know, the – the map is not the terrain. You got to read it. You got to interpret it. You got to put it through your own filter, you know, because again, one form of body language may mean one thing in a coffee shop and a completely different thing at a bar and a completely different thing at a loud nightclub. There is a great book called Body Language for Beginners by Richard Webster. He also wrote a palm reading for beginners. Uh, he's a uh, He's in New Zealand and he's a writer as well as mentalist and writes on different metaphysical topics. He's written over a hundred books. He's a genius. I've, I've learned all my stuff from him and he really breaks down a lot of this kind of type of stuff deeper. So yes, I definitely use it as a, uh, as a tool in my arsenal, but it's not the kind of thing I would, I would rely on and only that. Cool. Okay, cool. So now to the biggest question of them all, mm. how did you break the world record for going through the maze blindfolded? <laughs> Okay, so so let me explain what it's all about because I think there is a a lesson here for your listeners too. So I got the bright idea. I, I lived uh, in Spring Grove, Illinois at the time, and they have the world's largest corn maze. That year it was uh, 11.1 miles of trail that spanned over 33.8 acres. They, I, I read about it in the paper, and I it just popped in my head. I was like, oh, it'd be really cool to solve that maze blindfolded. So I called them and left a message saying, hey, I'd like to talk to you about a business opportunity. Because I thought saying solving the world's largest corn maze was going to be too harebrained of a scheme. Well, I didn't hear anything for like a day and a half. So I called back, got someone on the phone, said, hey, I want to solve your corn maze blindfolded. They were like, what? For real? I was like, yeah, this isn't a prank. I'm a local mind reader. Some people call me a magician. Some people call me a mystic. They were like, oh, yeah. Like, I guess they had heard about me through like a mutual friend or something. My career was just starting out. But like, they're like, oh, yeah, that come come in let's at least talk about it and i did and i did a couple things for them and they said yeah sure and so the way i the way it went is i had a reporter from the local paper there i had a legitimate blindfold on she tested it couldn't see through it put it on and then they have a punch card that has uh 22 or sorry 24 areas at the bottom cuz there's 24 checkpoints throughout the maze and they give you a map but the maze is so big, it's actually six mazes all connected. And the map is like a different color. And like it shows you where all the checkpoints are. And when you get to a checkpoint, you have to use that hole punch. Each checkpoint has a different shaped hole punch that you have to punch into your card to get all 24 checkpoints. The average time to get through the maze without a blindfold is about four and a half hours. Oh my and God. That I have be... the world record because I got through it in two hours and 50 minutes. So technically, whether I was blindfolded or not isn't even part of the record. It's just the fastest anyone's gotten through that maze. <laughs> I don't, so I don't know how you would have the patience to do uh, something like that. That's uh, the the reporter had much more patience than me. Uh, she took my wrist. She looked at the the map, and I tried to read her mind and get a sense of the maze and lead the way all at the same time. If anyone wants to look into contact mind reading or hellstromism, it's it's a very difficult technique. It's an old technique, but if someone wants to do some research on it, they can uh, they, they can and get and give it a shot. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but it was that was in 2010. That was already a, a decade ago. And since then, I've, I've driven a car blindfolded and done a bunch of other 
crazy stuff, which is uh, all on. If you, if you look up uh, my Instagram or my YouTube, both are uh, Joe Diamond Live. If you want to see some of the other crazy stuff I've done. <laughs> So cool. So what's next for you? What are you going to do next? Um, As of right now, I don't have a a super crazy stunt technically planned. That said, in autumn of 2021, I'm planning on bringing back my show Mystic. So I alluded to it before. It's at the Dole Mansion in Crystal Lake. It's on the second floor of this historic and haunted building. Used to belong to one of the Ringling Brothers' wives. And I do a show that's all about different mystics from throughout history. So I talk about Alexander, the famous crystal seer who could look into a crystal ball and tell people what they were thinking. And I pick up a crystal ball and do that. I talk about Pamela Coleman Smith. She's the artist of the Rider Waite Smith tarot deck. And I talk about her and how she came to design the tarot deck. I talk about Howard Thurston and how he could throw cards and boomerang them in the air and such. And I do that. So I talk about all these different mystics throughout history. The show seats exactly 13 people. That's coming back in the autumn. If you're in the Chicagoland area, like, you know where Crystal Lake is. You can take the train in from downtown. Uh, It's really easy to get to. Um, By the way, Tripp, you you are invited. If you ever want to come, let me know. I I sell the tickets myself, so I I, I can get you in. Everyone else else has to pay. Uh, My tickets are only $25. I've actually had a lot of date nights come. I actually had, again, on on relation with this, this podcast, I had a guy who, over the span of six months, came to the show with three different dates. Well, I, I well, the second time I was like, oh, you've been here before, right? And he's like, and his date was like, I have. And he's like, yeah, I saw you a long time ago, remember? And he kind of like gave me a look. I was like, got it. And then the third time I was like, oh, good to see you. Thanks, thanks so much for coming. Oh yeah, I've never been. And then like on his way out, he's like, yeah, man, this is like the perfect date night. Thank you. <laughs> so apparently it was working um, for him. So that said, so that's coming back in the autumn of 2021. And I I have been doing virtual shows too. So I'm taking a break for the summer months just because everything's opening up, but I am going to continue to do them because it's really fun to do a show for people in Chicago, New York, LA, Colorado, England, and Brazil all at the same time. Like that's really cool. And being able to read someone's mind through a screen from that extreme distance is also really fun as well. So I'll be bringing those back at some point. Again, people can check out my social media at Joe Diamond Live on all platforms or joediamondlive.com. The only other that's kind of stunt related is I mentioned this before, my good friend uh, Brian Brushwood hosts uh, Scam Nation, youtube.com slash Scam Nation. There's literally a thousand videos teaching magic, mind reading, brain teasers, stunts. I think he he, he, call, he used to call it the modern guide for social engineering uh, on at the bar and on the street. And he's he's amazing. He has everything from, again, amazing card tricks to, you know, bar bets and on getting free drink at the bar or a phone number or whatever. And he's got some great stuff. And I've done a couple episodes on there. So if you Google, you know, if you want to learn some of the stuff that, again, I actually use, uh, you can uh, Google Joe Diamond uh, Scam School or Scam Nation. It'll show up. We are in talks. I don't want to talk about dates or anything for sure because flights aren't booked yet but it it is in my schedule that i am planning on going back to austin to film more of those i have no idea when those would be coming out i can't talk about what i'm planning for them but that said what i am planning for them is big so that's all i'll really tease for that so again best way to keep up to date with that is to follow me on instagram and uh, keep up to date with everything on the website very cool well we'll put that all in the show notes joe it was great to have you on the podcast thanks for joining us and giving us some cool tips and appreciate you having the time to come on and share with us. Thanks for having me.